Hello there and welcome to Planet Sport Football Africa. This is the show where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe. And I'm Solomon Izanga-Shoms in Johannesburg, South Africa. Well, today we're catching up with the action at the African Nations Championship, the CHAN in South Africa, with eight of the 16 teams knocked out and the rest through to the quarterfinals of a tournament for home-based players that's unearthing a lot of talent. And I must commend uh, uh, CAF for this Chan tournament because it has now exposed the many other players that are very good. I have seen very good soccer from Burkina Faso, the, the young players from Burundi, exciting team. We, should, we are heading for a tournament a finish that will excite everybody. Also, we talked to our UK football expert, Stuart Weir, about the impact that Samuel Eto'o is making at Chelsea, the amazing turnaround in fortunes for Emmanuel Adebayor, and the Nicholas Anelka controversy. For, for some of us, the irony is that, of course, Anelka himself is black. And, you know, normally uh, in England, the, the accusations of racism tend to be going the other direction. That's coming later, but first, the African Nations Championship in South Africa has reached the quarter-final stage, and there's been plenty of excitement in the group stage, plus some disappointment, especially for the host South Africa. More on that shortly. But this tournament is a second-tier version of the Africa Cup of Nations. It's for home-based players only, and was introduced back in 2009 to help to develop the strength of domestic football around Africa and to showcase the domestic talent. Ndumiso Gumedi is the vice president of the Zimbabwe Football Association. He's there at the tournament. Zimbabwe are through to the quarterfinals. And he's grateful to the Confederation of African Football for the initiative. And I must commend uh, uh, CAF for this Chan tournament because it has now exposed the many other players that are very good. I have seen very good soccer from Burkina Faso. The, the young players from Burundi, exciting team. We, should, we are heading for a tournament a finish that will excite everybody. Well, it should be an exciting knockout stage indeed. Zimbabwean sports journalist Spencer Banda is in Cape Town for Planet Sport Football Africa and he sent us this report. Though this is a competition for the locally based players, the fact that the Confederation of African Football have organised it on the lines of the more prestigious African Nations Cup has brought a lot of professionalism with it. And some seriousness as well. It has been easy for the local organizing committee because of the legacy left by the FIFA World Cup in 2010. Teams are donning properly branded attire and the logistics and security have been top class. The fans too have come out in support and celebrating the good of football. For teams like Zimbabwe playing in Cape Town where there is a huge contingent of Zimbabwean workers there, mostly as taxi drivers and in the tourism and hospitality industry, there's been thunderous support in every game. For instance, in the game against Burkina Faso, there are close to 7,000 Zimbabwe fans at Atlan Stadium. The atmosphere has always been electric, though a bit diluted now by the host team's exit from the competition. 
That's Spencer Banda on the atmosphere of the African Nations Championship. Solomon Ashams is in Johannesburg. It's not a host city for this tournament, but he's been following the action. And there have been plenty of surprises already. Both Solomon and I thought that Ethiopia would do well, but they've lost all three group games and are out already. But the biggest shock of all is the exit of the host, South Africa. And there's been heavy criticism for Bafana Bafana, most notably from South Africa's sports minister, Fikir. Mabula, who called the team useless and a bunch of losers before President Jacob Zuma weighed in with his backing for the team. Obviously, this has been very disappointing for fans in South Africa, Solomon. Yes, a lot of uh, the football fans expected Bafana to get to the quarterfinals and take it through all the way maybe to the finals. You know, the Cape Town fans came out to support them and all that. And uh, even the minister was there on the day they played Nigeria and lost uh, 3-1, the final game. And that was actually why he came out and said, look, those were not football players. Those were a bunch of losers. I'm quoting him right now. You know, and uh, I can understand his disappointment because he felt they didn't really fight for the country, for the nation as much as they should. Uh, but it is indeed very disappointing also to hear uh, the Minister for Sports uh, saying that, especially when you're dealing with young people. A lot of football players are very young people and you would want to uh, try to encourage them rather than criticize them publicly. You know, it's like... You are a father or a big brother, you go to the dressing room after the game, you go to the hotel room and try to talk to them. Uh, so there's been a lot of uh, conversation from social media and the media just talking about uh, his criticism of the team, whether he's the right thing to do or not. But one thing I hear him say, and one thing I also hear the South Africa Football Association president, Danny Yodan, say, was South Africa don't have a team. And that is the truth, Steve. You know, they need to restructure the team. They need to start developing new players. It's going to take South Africa about 10 years to be able to get to the top of African football. And we're seeing a result of so many years of negligence, of not really paying attention to the uh, development and on the 17, on the 21, and the 23. That is the result that we're seeing. And unfortunately, it affected Bafana Bafana on the big stage, which is uh, the Chan uh, 2014 going on right now. Well, some controversy there for sure and some problems for South African football. Now, Nigeria are at the tournament for the first time. They're through to the quarterfinals. They'll take on Morocco. And Spencer Banda spoke to a Nigeria fan in Cape Town. Well, Nigeria is the giant of Africa. But uh, in this uh, tournament, you know, the, our team is not a national team we can with. We just recruit this team under one month. Then we, we manage to survive, though we lose in the first, first match. And uh, last year, Nigeria were also successful here in South Africa, winning the African Nations Cup. Uh, do you think the time has now come for Nigeria to dominate? Yes, I know. We're going to do it again as a giant of Africa. I know Nigeria is, can perform very well. Yes, so there is a possible Nations Cup and African Nations Championship double for Nigeria. And arguably the most impressive player of all the teams in the group stage was Nigeria's winger, Ejike Uzoeni of Enugu Rangers. He really is quite a talent, Solomon. He came through uh, Nigerian Football League, uh, first uh, played for Ayimba. That was where he made his name a little bit. And then uh, he uh, now moved to uh, Enugu Rangers. 
and uh, Enugu Rangers are really a credible team also. When he, whilst he was playing for Ayimba, they played, he played in the semi-finals of the African Champions League. He was on loan from Enugu Rangers with the hope of signing uh, permanently for uh, Rennes in the French uh, League One, but which didn't really happen. So he came back. He's still a young lad, about 25. So Educate is definitely a name to watch as a forward. He's very skillful, uh, not so uh, physically strong like most Nigerian players, but but very skillful, good control of the ball, and his uh, shots uh, are always on target and, and very tricky uh, with the ball. And the South Africans couldn't contain him in that last group game uh, that got Nigeria into the quarterfinals. And uh, with the display that we've seen from EGK so far, he definitely might just win himself a place in the Super Eagles squad for uh, Brazil uh, 2014. That is the World Cup that's coming up soon. And hopefully, you know, a lot of Scots are watching him and he might just go back to Europe uh, to continue with his football career. So looking at the quarter-final lineup, it's Morocco against Nigeria, Zimbabwe versus Mali, Ghana against DR Congo, and Gabon versus Libya. Who would you see as the leading contenders there? Well, I would uh, want to pick one of the dark horses, which uh, we never really saw before the commencement of this tournament, and that is Libya. They, they're playing like they want to play in the finals. You know, the only thing that is against them is just inexperience. But then Nigeria, after losing that first game, I think it was a huge motivation for them coming back, winning their two games and, and getting to the quarterfinals. And then there is Morocco also. It looks pretty wide open, really. I'd give Morocco and Libya strong chances, but uh, rooting for Zimbabwe, first time they've got out of the group stage in a continental championship at the fifth attempt after two previous appearances at the African Nations Championship and two at the Nations Cup. Well, you can give us your thoughts on the African Nations Championship tournament on our Facebook page. Are you enjoying the Chan? Is it good for African football? And who do you think will end up winning the trophy? Our Facebook page is Planet Sport Football Africa. That's all one word, Planet Sport Football Africa. Right, from the African Nations Championship in South Africa to the English Premier League, because I'm joined up by Stuart Weir, our European football expert in the UK. Now, Samuel Eto, the uh, Cameroonian and a four-time African footballer of the year, getting a hat-trick for Chelsea last weekend against Manchester United. So, Stuart, can we now define Eto as a success at Chelsea? Well, absolutely. And, yes, I mean, when Eto left Inter Milan to go and play in Russia. One wondered if he was just chasing the money. He'd lost ambition. Uh, for Mourinho to sign him at uh, Chelsea was perhaps quite a brave move. But he's, he's proved his worth. Um, I mean, he's now scored um, eight goals this season. Uh, he's played 12 league games and scored six goals in those. Uh, he's also scored in the Champions League. And, you know, they're all important goals. He scores the three that beat Manchester United. He scored uh, one of the the two that beat Liverpool, two against Schalke in the Champions League. And, I mean, just the goals that he scored against Manchester United, well, OK, he was a little bit lucky with the first one, with the deflection. But, you know, he picked up the ball and hit a good shot. And the other two, he, it was just the old striker's instinct. You know, they were pretty much tap-ins, but he was in the right position to tap the ball in. You know, he lost his marker uh, he reacted first. You know, the old instincts of the striker. And, you know, there is a chap called Fernando Torres who was sitting on the bench with Eto playing, 
And, you know, many people would have said that Mourinho was going to revitalise Torres and Eto was at best going to be there to sit on the bench and come on for 10 minutes here and there. But at the moment, you could argue that Eto has proved himself to be the top striker. So going very well for Samuel Eto, so too for the Togolese striker Emmanuel Adebayor at Tottenham. What a turnaround from the start of the season for Adebayor. If you'd asked me, you know, in November, I would have said that he's out of favour uh, Villas-Boas doesn't rate him. He will be leaving in January uh, and his career is on a downward spiral. But now, you know, with the change of uh, manager, Sherwood has put him straight in the team. You know, he's playing regularly. He has played nine games for Tottenham since the end of November and scored six goals. And, you know, his two goals uh, at the weekend against Swansea, you know, were the difference between winning and losing. Uh, he scored against Manchester United uh, and, you know, effectively won the game for them. He scored two against Southampton, won that game for them. He's scoring goals and they're important goals. He's playing well. He's leading the line. He's got his old enthusiasm back. And, uh, you know, I think he could almost have been a free transfer under Villas-Boas. I think you'd pay a lot of money to get him away from Tottenham now. Yeah, well, indeed. Now, we've spoken a lot about racism in football here on Planet Sport Football Africa. And the latest case to hit the headlines is French striker Nicolas Anelka, who's with West Bromwich Albion in the English Premier League. He faces a possible five-match ban for a gesture when celebrating a goal last month, the gesture called the Quenelle, which is said to be anti-Semitic. It's an inverted Nazi salute. Now, he's says the gesture is anti-establishment and not anti-Semitic and says that he is neither racist nor anti-Semitic. But West Brom's main sponsor are pulling out. So, Stuart, what do you make of all this? Well, I mean, it's really interesting the power of the sponsor, you know, because uh, Zoopla, who's a um, a housing uh, market uh, sponsor, um, said before this week's game that they wanted Anelka to be dropped because they did not want to be associated with racism. And West Brom said, uh, we pick the team, not you. And Zupla then followed that by announcing that they will not renew their contract at the end of the season. Jewish bodies in Britain say it's anti-Semitic. Uh, they are demanding that, that something be done uh, against Anelka. I saw an interview with, with a leading Jew this week saying, you know, racism is racism. The fact that it's against Jews rather than people of colour is irrelevant. If we allow any racism in our society, you know, we're failing. In English football, there's a body called Kick Out Racism. They are being uh, pushed to, to take action on this. So it's it's a, an unfortunate situation which has arisen. Uh, West Brom, with the new manager Mel, is struggling a little bit and Anelka is playing well and they certainly don't want to lose him either for five matches or permanently as um, Zupla the sponsor would like. For, for some of us, the irony is that, of course, Anelka himself is black. And, you know, normally uh, in England, the, the accusations of racism tend to be going the other direction. Uh, and so poor old Anelka has got himself caught up in being, uh, being accused of anti-Semitic, which he claims he absolutely isn't. Well, some irony there for sure. Many thanks to Stuart Weir in the UK. That's it for this week's edition of the show, but do get in touch on our Facebook page. Give us your thoughts about the African Nations Championship. Are you enjoying the tournament? Is it a good thing for African football? And who do you think will end up winning the trophy? Our Facebook page is Planet Sport Football Africa, and that's all one word. From me, Steve Vickers in Zimbabwe. I'll be back next week. You can find the show online at planetsport.tv. 
and Planet Sport Football Africa is a 2K Plus international sports media production.